right, we're back in the last chapter of Malachi, chapter 4. Woo! That was some powerful stuff. Talked about love versus fake love, divorce. And then chapter 3 talked about, we read the scripture about uh, will a man rob God, you know, and they asked, how have you robbed you in tithes and offering and, you know, Basically, if you give, you know, God will pour out a blessing that that we cannot contain. And um, and but the the part that actually stood out the most that doesn't get talked about from Malachi is that last part. I rarely, I don't think I've ever really heard anybody preach on Malachi, that part of Malachi chapter three, the end of it, where he talks about how he's going to separate um, the righteous from the wicked and preserve or spare the, the obedient children. Though, so, yeah, some hard, it's kind of some hard stuff to hear, but uh, it is necessary. We need to hear stuff like that. It makes me tremble. I'm I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. The day of judgment. All right. Here we are. The coming day of judgment. Malachi chapter 4. The coming day of judgment. Now, anytime I see anything about prophecy and judgment, oh, it's only six verses. I can talk. This part is kind of hard for me to fully understand. Because um, technically we're eternal beings. So sometimes I think about it like, hmm, like even though when I was a kid, I used to always hear all the time, like, be ready, be ready. I used to go down for altar calls all the time. It's like, be ready, be ready, because like you never know when Jesus is going to return. Um and this is the end times. This is the end times. This is the end times. Stay in your guard. Be ready. And um, the crazy thing is, like, as eternal beings, how do you know if it's interesting? Because we're we're eternal beings. So, like. In the grand scheme of my life, there's this version of Aaron that has seen the judgment already, that has already experienced the judgment already, but my physical body is not there yet. Sometimes it's kind of hard for me to fully wrap my head around. And for any of you all listening to this podcast, like you may not have experienced judgment yet right now but there is coming a day where we all will face judgment and technically your eternal self has already experienced that as for christians i i you know that have accepted jesus into their heart as their lord and savior we don't have anything to worry about because we're already seated at the right hand of the father seated in heavenly places Jesus is Jesus already took on that judgment for us and we are new creatures in Christ we've been made new he took on all that judgment he's our advocate so when we stand before God we have to give an account for our life he's our advocate I like our public defender I don't know if you've ever been to court and had a public defender and like 
Ooh, that judge could have sentenced you to, to do some hard time in county jail or prison or whatever. And, you know, all you got stuck with, all you got hit was probation or whatever. Just the mercy and grace. Yeah. Anyway. The relief. And then, so there's that judgment. And then it's supposed to be like a great white throne judgment that whether well, the rewards will happen, the ba- the the Bema, the Bema seat of Christ. Go look up judgment in the Bible. Have fun, Bible nerds geeking out on that stuff. It can go pretty deep. Once again, that's the calculus of the Bible that I try not to go into too much. Too much. I try to stick with the addition, addition and subtraction. So anyway, here we go. The coming day of judgment. The Lord of Heaven's army says, "The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace." Burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. Pray to God that is not any any of you all or myself. Verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of, son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. <sighs> just breathe that in for a second. This, this, sometimes it's easy to just read the Bible and just for the exercise it almost feels like homework or feels like school you can just like just trying to get through it but this is one of those moments where I encourage you to just like I'm going to read that again I'm going to read it actually three times in a row and at the end of each one I'm going to just like breathe take a deep breath and just like breathe in that like the truth of that word because I don't know if we can I can't even fully grasp the depth of what I just read it says but for you, but we gotta love the butts in the Bible. But, but for you who fear my name or have reverence or awe, respect or honor for my name, the Son of Righteousness. Hmm, who is that Son of Righteousness? And it's spelled S U N, like the Son, not S O N, Son. The Son of Righteousness, Jesus, will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. I've never been a farmer. I've never owned calves, so I don't fully understand that. But I'm going to read that two more times. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free. Leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. One more time. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free. Leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I have gave him on Mount Sinai or Sinai for all Israel. Verse five, look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. 
Now, see, now that's, I'll have to read some commentary on that. When he says the prophet Elijah, Elijah, Elijah already came. So when he says, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah, then who, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about there? Who's this prophet of Elijah that they're sending? And it's confusing <laughs> a little bit. Um, I look forward to reading the commentary on this stuff. This would kind of throw, I think this is what threw off the, uh, the Pharisees because when he, when Jesus came, I believe somebody, and we're going to get to that as we read, somebody actually asked, are you the prophet Elijah? And I think they were, I'm once assuming just, I, once again, my Bible scholarliness is not the greatest. I'm assuming they're referring to this, they're thinking about this scripture when they say that, because he said in the book of Malachi that I'm sending the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Anyway, verse six, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. That's the scripture that's quoted a lot. If you want to get two memory verses out of Malachi, it's the one about the tithing, you know, robbing God. And, you know, if you give, he'll pour out a blessing you can't not contain, whatever. And then. Um, this one right here, return. A lot of people pray this, that he's going to return the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with the curse. Now, that part just kind of throws me off. I'm guessing when he says that, he's basically saying, like, if I don't do this, what I promise that I'm saying I'm going to do by sending this guy, this prophet Elijah that's going to preach in a way that turns the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, then basically... I'm going to strike the land with the curse. That's, at least that's how I read that. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with the curse if he doesn't. I'm guessing that's what he means if he doesn't do that. So if I don't do this, then I'll strike the land. Anyway. Huh, this is where, once again, commentary would help out a lot, but kind of for the sake of time for this podcast and also just for my own just like I said I'm letting this stuff marinate in my mind letting my brain kind of form its own opinions about this stuff and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me about these things that I'm reading and um, I love that verse a lot because that, that scripture stands out to me because I was actually able to live with my dad. Like, I was able to live with my dad. Um, I got a few more, few minutes to talk. I was able to live with my dad for the last three years. For those of y'all that are new to this podcast, you know, those that have listened, they already know I lost my dad in May on May 20th of this year, 2022, May 20th, 2022. He was about, my dad was about to be 65 years old, 65 years young on July 10th, but he missed that birthday or... He missed his earthly birthday, but he's, I'm believing he made his heavenly birthday and had a good old party. Um, 
had a heart attack, unfortunately. Um, but I was able to at least spend time with him before he passed. For three good years, I had a. I was able to. There's a whole lot more that I wish I, you know, would have done if I had if I had known. It's funny, hindsight is twenty twenty or fifty fifty according to Cam Newton, as I always say. But uh, if I had known, oh, my bad, y'all. I'm probably the people on the podcast like, what is he doing? Oh, my bad, I was touching the mic, scratching my neck. But if I had known, I would have such little time. I would have done. I would not have worked as much. I would have encouraged my dad to go ahead and retire from Ford. But then if you had to retire from Ford, he would have probably moved back to Virginia and still, yeah, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? But I'm just glad I was able to get those last three years with him. And I feel like I lived out this scripture right here because um, I saw my dad in a whole different way, different light than ever before. I have like tons of more grace for him. Um, than I did before. And um, and now it's interesting, like, living with him helped me to be able to be in a position to where now I can be a father to my kids. And I have them over here every other weekend, and it's been a blessing just having them around. And it's like I'm actually living out this scripture right here that he's turned the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I mean, I'm I'm living this scripture right now. I'm living it out. And I had, real quick, I had this lady in my car who is taking care of her father, and he's on a hospice or whatever. And as rough as her, as her situation is, like, that woman is going to get a... She can't see it now, but her heavenly blessing is just going to be amazing. Just the way she's just been an angel to her father in his older age and... On one hand, it 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 would be I hate to see and hear that he's or hear that he's suffering so much, but there's also a blessing in his suffering, and part of that is his daughter, his daughters loving on him and taking care of him. And I pray to God my my kids do the same when it's my time. Anyway, that's my time. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never ask Jesus into your heart, 
or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray, amen.